Hey, welcome back. Another day, another vlog. Uh, I need that, I need that. Sorry I'm late. Uh, forced overtime. One of the most amazing things we get at work. Uh, sit around and listen to uh, Powers of B. Give us amazing information about stuff 99% of people in the room don't care about. Anyway, I digress. Uh, big show for today. Thanks to everyone coming wherever you are. If you had a chance, I hope you got to watch the new video last night. Uh, the Albany Whaling Museum, the little zoo there, and some lovely drone footage from around near the blowhole. blowhole. So hope you enjoyed that. If you haven't gone and checked it out, uh, go check it out. It's in the photo journeys um, playlist. And maybe consider subscribing because then you'll get to see them every time they pop up. So. Uh, it is a good one. There's some really nice shots there. Albany has an amazing harbour and the water is just ridiculously, spotlessly clean. Still at the moment, there is a big mining and stuff that comes there and feeds out the port. So hopefully it doesn't get destroyed one day, but an amazing place and definitely need to put it on your list to go check out when you do that southwest of WA. So yeah, go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, hope you enjoyed that one. Day nine, we're Started already setting up day 10's photos. Uh, we've got a fair bit in that. It's uh, Bluff Knoll. Uh, it's, I think it's second highest. It might be the highest peak in WA. I think it's the second highest. I think there might be one higher. Uh, 1,100 metres up. Just about killed me. Um, but the photos are absolutely amazing. Just knock your socks off. I hope you get to love them. I've got a ton of work I need to do on them. It's probably gonna take a bit. Hopefully I'll get it done by this week um, for you. But yeah, heaps there, heaps of video. I think it took me about, like about nearly two hours to walk up, up it. I had full backpack, my full newer pro backpack on the back with probably 30 kilos of gear in the back because uh, I didn't want to not have anything when I got up there. So I had all that. I think I even took my drone even though you can't fly it up there. So that's a bit of a pain in the butt because um, it's above 400 metres even though you're top of a mountain because, uh, yeah, planes will crash into the side, but uh, CASA knows best. Um, but, yeah, so that's coming up this week. It's going to be another gem. It's another amazing spot. Uh, you've got the trio of mountains as well, the triple three peaks as well in that area. It's a, just a Sterling. I think it's the Sterling Ranges, the whole area. It's a beautiful part of WA. It's not a coast. It's not beaches. But if you're into hiking and mountains and, and doing crazy stuff, I seen a dude running up and down it while I was there, uh, which is insane. I think the record's like eight or nine times. Uh, eight times straight, a lady ran up and down it without stopping. So, and if you've done it, I'm sure you'll agree, it's absolutely crazy. So yeah, definitely check that out. Now tonight, um, I wanna do some astro shooting as well. If I can get out, I'm going to be taking my new little Nissi Pro for the cameras. I haven't got it on because I wanted to show you. I'm going to be running that. I'm going to have that on the iPhone to see if I can't pick up any stars. I'm going to do a bit of testing on that. Uh, we're also going to be taking the 24mm uh, 1.8 or 2.8, I think it is. 2.8 uh, image stabilized. Probably not, not really, not going to. You don't use that for Astro anyway, but a beautiful low-light little compact lens to go on the RP. Uh, we're going to be using that tonight to try and get some Milky Way. It should be some, about just before, I think the moon comes up about 11.30. Uh, so probably about 9.30, 10, I'm going to shoot out and try and get some of these beautiful stars. Nice, clear, last, last one was super clear. 
hopefully tonight pays off that we can get that. Right, so that's what has been happening in the last 24 hours. Busy, busy on that front for myself, but even busier in the world of cameras. Um, I've got this little drawing, a printout here, because we're gonna be talking about the probably the biggest thing, let's turn this down a bit, that's happened to camera world in a long time. So, a little bit of preface, uh, A7S III, the Sony, we all know just ridiculous low light performance. Now, they manage that by taking the sensor back down to, I think it's a 12 megapixel sensor, but they're big pixels. They made the pixels bigger, um, and that's why I've got this to explain. So, on the A7S III, you've got uh, your sensor, and that's got big pixels. You go to a APS-C like my M50, you've got a little APS sensor and you've got little pixels, uh, or you go 30, 40 megapixel, but a little little pixels, that's the difference. So A7S III, low light, you, you allow more light in, and that, those little circles basically denote how you get light in, uh, or that's how much it takes the light. Now Canon announced, or yesterday it came out, uh, thanks to Canon Rumors for giving me, and I shot over and checked out some other info as well from Canon. Uh, it's pretty big, so I wanted to try and talk about that first before we get to the others. Now, Canon is the first one in the world to do a one megapixel SPAD sensor. Now SPAD sensor is, um, basically what I was saying there, it's, you've got the old sensors with the dots, well a SPAD sensor, now you use the whole sensor to pull that light in. So it doesn't matter what size sensor you have or how many, what size pixels, every pixel pulls every bit of light in. So we said that was A7S III, it's got big pixels on that sensor and that's how much light can pull in. Well, it doesn't matter what, how many megapixels you have on this SPAD sensor, it, it allows you to pull in every inch of light. What that means uh, in the real world this thing is gonna be, it's gonna change photography. We're talking zero noise. Uh, astrophotographers probably at this moment are going, when is this coming out? We want one, we want one. Because we all know about noise. You take photos at night, uh, you've gotta go along exposure and you get that noise in the longer you go to try and drag that light out of the Milky Way. Uh, you get all that noise in there, so you've got to balance it all out to go, minimize your noise, but it'll allow enough light in so you can get those colors and that beautiful Milky Way and all those things from the night sky. With a SPAD sensor, basically, you're not going to have any noise, so you'll be able to just drag it out and it's going to be crystal clear. That is amazing in itself. If we, if they can get, they've got that to one megapixel, so like that's not far. I can only imagine this is not going to be out in the next six months. Um, you'd sort of think, oh, could they get like a 20 or a 12 megapixel version of this in the R1? That's what I was thinking about today. Have they brought the R3 out as a, uh, a wedgie, we like to call it in Australia. You go to the bar, you smash your beer down, you've had a hard day, smash your beer down, your mate's with you, he's going a little bit slower, he is not as thirsty as you. Uh, you get a wedgie until it's his turn to have his shout. Has Canon used R? Is are they using this R3 to put a wedge in? And in December, are they going to release an R1 with a 12 megapixel SPAD sensor? That would just absolutely kick Sony to the curb, I think, um, because not only does it let you pull all that light in with no noise, the speeds are ridiculous. Now, with a time of flight sensor, they're talking about speeds speeds up to 25. 
thousand frames a second in a sense in this this sense is capable of so that is ridiculous now obviously this technology can also go to industry uh, they can use it for high-speed crashes for testing cars uh, conveyor belts to check your quality of your say like a bottle line where you've got hundreds of thousands of coke bottles going through and putting the lids on they can check quality control there these sensors can basically pick it up um, it's it's an amazing bit of tech now how it basically works an old CMOS sensor um, the way they described it is basically you have a bucket it pulls all that light into the bucket and then it pours it onto your into your computer to filter um, so it counts what's in the bucket with a SPAD sensor it counts every single photon individually it's that far it because it, it can it's that fast it's ridiculous the speeds are ridiculous on this thing so it is a bit of a game changer technology i don't think well you'd like to dream that they could bring it out in the r1 and just go sony take that pow and just go wow and everyone just go oh my god this is going to be awesome uh but at least we know in the next few years on maybe three to five, the three to five year range, I'm seeing that a whole range of cameras running SPAD sensors in there that will be absolutely amazing for sports photography. Imagine going up and watching a base, taking photos of the Olympics, and 20, you can hit the button and take 25,000 photos in one second. One second. That The possibilities are endless with it. It's just crazy tech. Uh, Canon's just gone well over and above on that. Uh, very, very cool. Now, also, the big part of it is using the time for flight sensor because it's so ridiculously far. You can pull this in and it's super accurate because there's no noise. Uh, 3D cameras. So, this is now going to be a thing. Uh, you'll be able to use it for AR systems, for cars. These sensors will be able to use them to look because it can calculate, it can pick up all the light and get it from everywhere. So the computers can then work out what's coming and what's moving so you don't crash your car or no one hits you, stuff like that. But also on the camera side, which is sort of what we are on this channel, but text what this is all about. Uh, 3D cameras, uh, literally, they'll be able to, you'll be able to take a photo and get a full 3D image with a time of flight sensor, you'll be able to measure depth perception, all that, and you'll be able to create a perfect 3D photo. That is a whole new ball game in photography down the road. We, as a photographer, especially in landscape, I guess, um, I try to give the illusion of depth. You want to take what you've seen and seen that, that photo out there, and we can pick up depth with our eyes. Uh, it's a little bit trickier with the photos, and we use that by using things like textures and adjusting textures and blacks and dark and um, all that sort of things to sort of what's in focus, what's out of focus, and, and we use that as a, as a photographer. So we want to create depth. Imagine being able to take a photo where you get everything in focus, but you also have that depth in there as well, a 3D photo. That would be just insane. So look, this technology has a lot to do. Uh, one of the other big ones I did talk about was the ability that this could then formulate robot eyes. So robots that see and do stuff would then have an eyeball. Uh, you then can take that into the health side of things. Uh, along with Elon Musk, with his putting the chips and stuff on your brain. Imagine someone losing their sight and we have the ability to put a spad eyeball in there and they can see everything because it's all digital zeros and ones anyway. It's all electrical impulses. Uh, if you can map that out and then put a sensor in there that can handle the info to feed it, you could get your vision back. Uh, endless, endless possibilities anyway. But 
pretty crazy. Now they're talking, um, so one bit output, one bit output at the moment. So it's still a little bit of work. Um, you would definitely see it coming out in an R1 down the track. Um, whether it be this R1, or probably a bit early. It's a bit of a, it'd be like a dream to, for Canon. If they could get that to happen, that would be crazy. Is that the reason why we've got the R3 uh, just to, or soon to be released? And then they can just push back the R1 because that R3 is gonna be a beast as it is. It's looking really, really good. Uh, that's a great stopgap or wedgie uh, to get you into the SPAD game and put that into your, your $10,000 camera that's gonna just blow everyone's socks clean off the ballpark. Uh, very, very cool. So look, congratulations to Canon. Technology like that, it's it's great for them, for their business and their shareholders, and that's all great. But as a person who likes to take photos, call me a photographer, call me whatever you'd like. <laughs> I'm used to copping a lot of abuse. That's life. Um, this is pretty cool, and I think it's going to give us the ability down the road to just take some amazing astro shots. So I look forward to that low light stuff. Just ridiculous what you'll be able to do with. So very cool. Now on the other side, we take all these images and they're gonna be big files and all that. You need to store them. So SanDisk has announced a new professional range of storage devices. Uh, storage devices, card readers, uh, a whole pro range. You can go check it out on the American uh, SanDisk site or Western Digital site, they own SanDisk. No prices as such on there. It's all pretty new, um, but you, it won't be long before you can get it out. Now the boys at Lulator, we're talking about it, they're talking about a card reader, a modular card reader system. So if you've run in a fleet of cameras with different things from a movie camera, you get a, the big cards to mini discs to micro SDs, you don't want to have 65 card holders around. Um, well, this thing is a big modular. It looks like a little um, a NAS storage system, but it's got all these different coders and you can just swap and change out what you need and have one station for all your cards and you just pop them in and out and they'll feed off into your network. So stuff like that. Uh, ridiculously fast SSDs that are rugged, waterproof, uh, thousand pound drop proof, stuff like that is out there. Um, they did have a, uh, which was it, Armalock SSD, which is part of the new range. That goes up to four terabyte. You can unlock that with your phone, so your full security. Probably good for those people that forget passwords because uh, especially like cryptocurrencies have been a big thing. You often hear about people forgetting a password and losing millions of dollars worth of crypto. Uh, Sometimes this week you can unlock with your phone where you don't have to remember because you'll have your eye or your fingerprint to unlock your phone and then unlock your SSD. That is pretty darn cool, I think. So uh, a lot of good things in there. Uh, there's multiple different ones. Go check it out. The whole range is there uh, and there's a little bit of something for everyone. So us heavy creators, um, I think I've got about... 15 terabytes of stuff stored now. I'm eventually gonna to have to work my way into a NAS system to back everything up. Uh, storage is a big part of the game. It's probably something you don't realize and the cost of it is expensive. So this is gonna make things easier, faster, and a little bit more rugged and reliable. So go check that out from SanDisk. Right, Nikon, few little rumors floating around, nothing really major. Again, talking about a 100 to 400 mil lens, two APS-C lenses to go with this new retro camera. Again, I've seen multiple rumors in the last few days, but nothing giving us details of times or anything. So keep you up to date, but yeah, there's a lot of talk. So maybe we get something soon, but nothing is definite. No photos, no nothing. So it's a little bit dicey whether it's actually 
down the track or it's coming shortly. Last but not least, if you're a fisherman, like as myself, I love to fish, uh, the Barra Classic, we just did that. Um, in Australia, we have the Corrado. It's called, in Japan, it's called the Scorpion. Um, and I think this, it's a Corrado in the States as well, if you're from the States. Um, but the Scorpion, they sort of do their test ones in Japan first. The Scorpion, new one coming out, it's a heavy duty or monster drive, they call it. It's a Scorpion MD 2021, just released. Uh, it's 300 XG, so it's a big reel. Now, some really good features. Now, this now Corrado is sort of like your entry point for your bait casters. It's not like your top of the range, like a my like Calcutta DC or anything like that, or a Metanium, but this has got stuff that they have. So it's got it's full Hagney, uh, which basically means it's water resistant, fully sealed, so solid one piece body. Uh, micro module gear, so it's got the brass gears, tiny gears, so fully mesh, so that's good. Uh, it's X ship, salt water, so, and it's also got a lighter spool in it. Um, it uses eight pins instead of, I think the old one was six SVS brake system. So it's not obviously a DC. Now this is the big one, 107 centimeters per crank for your retrieval. It's a seven, nine, one ratio, but 107 is ridiculous. That's a massive amount of line to pull in on that. So it'd be fantastic for cast and lures or big heavy lures, stuff like barra and bits and pieces like that. Eight kilos of drag, so about 16 pounds. If you're in the old scale, seven plus one bearings, only 320 grams weight. So it's a big reel, it's a 300, so it's, it's got a bit, a bit of chunk in it. So it'll probably do a little bit of offshore stuff for you as well. So uh, very cool. Um, weights, weights and lengths. Uh, I'll go in pounds, that's probably the easiest one to understand for most people. 16 pound, 210 meters. Uh, 20 pound, 160 meters. 25 pound, 135 meters. Um, it'll do, obviously, it's got some braid ones there, but they, they go on the size. The Japanese use the actual braid size, which is a four, or five, or six. Uh, but yeah, handle's short. It's only a 45 and a 51 mil handle, um, so that's probably something you want to upgrade fairly straight away to get like a nice 90 mil on there or something. 40's pretty darn short. That's a tiny little handle. Um, I'd definitely probably upgrade that. But look, it looks like a fantastic reel. Shimano. I do have Daiwa, so I'm, I am a Shimano fanboy. I've got to, got to give you that. But look, great looking reel. This is the Japanese version, the Scorpion. Um, you should be able to get these uh, out of go see platt.com. Uh, that's where I get, normally get my Japanese stuff from. Uh, you'll be able to get this one out early. You won't get this in Australia. You'll have to wait till it converts over into a Corrado, so maybe another year. So if you're looking, this sounds like something good, uh, go check that out. Radio. Spad sensor, huge, huge day for cameras or 24 hours for cameras around the world uh, for photographers, big stuff, big in AR, virtual reality, all those things are gonna benefit out of that. That's a big thing from Canon, so thumbs up to Canon, great job. Um, shift change tonight, so probably gonna go for a walk in the morning, so maybe not tomorrow. It'll be Thursday, I'd say, before you hear me and give me a chance to try and get in front of this video as well too. So I will see you when I see you. Right, we'll be coming this way, that way. I'll see you tomorrow or the next day. Peace.